hell's wrong with you? I miss my wrestling. Here's your wrestling. Yes. I I need my wrestling. All right, man. Calm down. It's all good. You know why? Because you were listening to your professional wrestling fix. Follow us on Facebook at 10 Wrestling Pro Wrestling Discussions. On Twitter at the Enziguri. And catch your new episodes of the 2300 Wrestling Podcast and the Basement Dropkick on Anchor FM, Spotify, and other leading platforms. Oh, yeah. Dave, you go first. Dave, you go first, my man. Sure, bro. Yeah, no, it's going to be a really good match. Uh, John Donovan, I mean, a fighting champion. Got to be over a year now that he's held that standalone wrestling heavyweight title. Uh, a guy that calls himself the difference maker. I'm sorry, not the difference maker. A guy who is a difference maker. Billy Bratz, more than uh, worthy to be the challenger. A gentleman who also finished in the top four in the Rose Olympus Battle Royal a couple of months ago by getting you know, spot number four. Um, guy's total package um, as far as uh, speed, agility, um, strength. Endurance, uh, veteran status. Um, I think he's going to give Sean Donovan, who is equally as great a vet in the business, a really good challenge. Uh, you can never bet against Sean Donovan, though, because he's had some really great uh, title defenses. And um, here we are, um, well over a year into his title defense, he's still a champion. I think it's going to be a hard hitting affair. I think we're going to see some great pro wrestling. And I think we're going to see two determined gentlemen give it their all. Really. <clears throat> A crapshoot, in my opinion. I really don't have a prediction for a winner. I do think the fans are going to win if they're there to see some great, pure professional wrestling in action. See, now, I don't mean to interrupt, but I've seen Elia come a long way since I first seen him wrestle. When I first met him, he had this long, poofy hair and he was clean shaven <laughs> and everything else. And I was talking to him at one of the last shows. He, I'm like, why? He's like, just got tired of it. Looks better this way. I'm like, Okay, I almost didn't even recognize him. It's funny. <laughs> well, in his business, you got to constantly evolve. And, you know, he, he wanted to change his, his look up. And you can change the look, but it's still the same great. Right. Oh, that. I and agree with that. Certainly, yeah. yeah. His, his, his appearance now has, uh, in my opinion, actually uh, enforced the fact that he's a threat to be reckoned with. Um, something about a guy that shaves his head shows you, you know, he's he's uh, focused, he's determined, and it, it just it gives that look of somebody that has that proverbial eye of the tiger. And you know, very well could be, you know, he could be walking out of Ocean Gate, the brand new standalone wrestling heavyweight champion. Uh, certainly, uh, time will tell. Got to buy a ticket and find out. Right. He he could be like what his moniker says. It could be a difference maker. So. So, Ryan, what do you think about this match? Do you got a winner? Uh, well, since I gave it Adams, I don't have an opinion on this one, except for the fans going home happy. And as um, Dave Adams said, Sean's been on a dominant run in his entire year-long reign. I mean, you, just think of the people that he defended the title against. Defended against Johnny Moran, uh, Brian Cage, Ace Austin. And the list goes on and on. And he's just been dominant in every single match. But Ilya Barats has also been dominant, as also David saying that he was, I believe, one of the final eight or final four. If I, if final, I'm mistaken, four. final four, thank you, in the in the uh, Rose and Mount Olympus uh, Battle Royal. And just 
pretty much just agreeing with everything that Dave said, like his speed, his agility, uh, just every, it's, it's tough. I think for this one, you know, if I wanted to pick a win, I would flip a coin, but I'm not going to do that right now. <laughs> uh, let's flip a coin for you. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> he's been all over the country lately. I think he was doing a show in Alaska like two months ago and then came back to New Jersey. Yep, yep, he did. He was part of uh, WrestlePro Alaska up there back in September. Right. And he put up a, he put up a valiant effort against uh, a gentleman named Jerry Bishop. Yeah, I think who's... you were out there, weren't you, Ryan? Yes, I was. But, I got yeah. actually... Let me tell you, the fans hated him out there. Oh, yeah, wow. <laughs> and that's what he likes. I, I, I love it. So let's let's move on to the next match. This is the match that Billy wants us to talk about. It is the hardcore championship match. Was this the scaffold match? Yes. Oh. Oh. Vinny Senzo versus Wellian Cage. So what's your opinion, Dave? Well, first and foremost, if people don't know what a scaffold match is, and you have the WWE sport. Go check out some of the old ECW matches. And some of the best tackle matches of all time were originated from the old Heyman Extreme Championship Wrestling. Um, I do think that it brings a new element to, you know, people hear hardcore match. They think you're going to see a bunch of weapons and you're going to see two dudes doing, you know, car crash wrestling at its finest. The scaffolding brings a whole new element and a whole new danger and unpredictability to it. Um, Waylon Cage. Very, a very great wrestler, good hardcore wrestler, but when you have Jared Silverclay in your corner, that adds even more unpredictability, and I'm sure Jared Silverclay is acting more, uh, you know, as much as a manager, but also a coach and giving him good, you know, intuition on what to, on what to do to prepare, because his adversary, Kenny Chenzo, you know, the guy's got more monikers than, than almost anybody, the Dalai Lama of Doritos, Super Pal, the USA. I mean, this guy, um, this guy, you know, he has faced some of the best professional wrestlers the industry has to offer. If you look at the Chenzo's track record that dates back well over a decade, I mean, he's been in the ring with the likes of, like, Kevin Nash, Rikishi, just to name two off the top of my head, right there. And Vinny Chenzo is prepared. Vinny Chenzo, at one point, finished up a rivalry with Mike Swanson, boy from up Philly, and um, Vinny Chenzo, even though he's not representing it and it's not for the independent wrestling hardcore championship, Vinny Chenzo is the reigning independent wrestling hardcore champion. So being the challenger going into this match for the broken new now Titan Championship Wrestling hardcore title that Waylon Cage certainly earned in a heroic effort against violence um, and admittedly not doing it on his own. When I, interu- when I, inter- when I interviewed Waylon Cage and Jared Silverplay in the parking lot on the way to the car, you know, Jared Silverplay's like, of course he didn't do it on his own. That's why he hired me. He goes, of course we use the numbers game. They had Titan Schiller there. And they're very proud of the fact that they're strength in numbers. So, I mean, that's something that Vinny Chendo has to, has to uh, figure in his head. But, I mean, as far as hardcore wrestling goes, Vinny Chendo is a perfect challenge for uh, Waylon Cage, and I think we're going to see, you know, I think we're going to see one heck of a battle. Uh, as much as I don't want to admit it, though, you know, it's certainly the champion's advantage in this match because when you have the billing behind you of Jared Silverclay and his trust fund, um, certainly, um, you know, when you have the 
when you have the backing of a you know um, diabolic uh, millionaire, you never know what's going to happen. I think the advantage is always in your corner. So Vinny Chendu, I think, can give it a hard-fought effort, but you can't count Waylon Cage out. Um, what do you gentlemen think about this match? See, now, you were talking about with ECW and all that with the, with the scaffold. For me, when I first got introduced to the scaffold match was the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express for Starcade 86, 87, nope. something like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. When Jim Cornette took <clears throat> that 20 feet fall off the scaffold. So that's when I got introduced. And back then, hardcore really wasn't that much of a thing unless you were watching FMW or something like that. But... Yeah. So it should be really cool to see. So that being said, Ryan, what are your thoughts on it? Um, just like Jim Adams said, Willie Cage uh, fought in a tremendous valiant effort back at Fury's intentions against violence, pretty much ending a, I would say, like a six month, uh, now like a four or five month uh, rivalry between violence and they, and as it decided to end it once and for all inside of his little cage, and just throwing a little extra. Golden Nugget in there, store for a brand new title, and Dylan Cage, with the help of Jared Silverfly, of course, uh, became the inaugural PPW Hardcore Champion. I mean, if you guys remember, Dylan Cage, a guy who's oh, well over six feet tall, standing on the top of the cage, doing a massive frog flash. Granted, he granted he missed violence, but at the same time, you got to give him credit for doing that at least. A guy, a guy, his stature, his height. Going literally standing at the top of the cage, I think a 15, 20 foot tall cage, and doing a massive uh, frog splash. I, <laughs> and Dave and Dave, I know you guys remember that very well, but uh, also Vinny Chenzo, a heart in the a Jersey hardcore legend, um, like David said, be, uh, beating the mind, uh, the likes of uh, Kevin Nash, and uh, also adding on just incredible, which he just won back at Furious Intention. So this kind of has a good little advantage to Chenzo as well. So it's going to be a hard valiant effort between these two. And a scaffold match, this, this, me personally, this is my first time actually seeing a scaffold match in person. So it's going to be very interesting how it's going to play out. Wow. I feel like um, there's going to be some interference in this match. So I'm going to go with Cage winning this match. Mm. So th- that's my opinion. <laughs> yeah. So, let's jump into the Goddess Championship triple threat match that we have. What's going on? Everybody just started looking at me. Um, so, Christine, Goddess is good. Yeah, with Christine Marie, um, uh, Viscerous, Vicky, and Gabby Ortiz. So, what's your guys' opinion about this match? Well, it's, hey, Ryan, I've been going over it. You go first this time, sir. Oh, all righty. Well, thank you. So, <laughs> hey, hey, Dave, Dave is considered the, the Titan legend, brother. All right? I'm just still the rookie in brother. Titan, so, brother. <laughs> Always so, have to learn from the best, right? <laughs> why do you think I'm part of Titan? Because I'm working alongside one of, my, one of my personal favorites and one of the best out there, David Adam. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. Too, bro. So, so effort, man, bro. Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. So, I mean, you know, for me, it goes David Adams. It's like David Adams, Steve DeAngelis, um, Bob Ortiz. Don't forget Larry Legend. Larry Legend, Shane Fair. Juicy hot dog. Come on, guys. <laughs> 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 so, 
If no one else was going to say that, I was going to say that myself. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about you, Larry. Uh, One of the only professional wrestling legend, professional wrestling announcers ever to be on The Price is Right. Oh, let's get Dave Adams on there next. (laughs) What, Price is Right? (laughs) Or should we get David Adams on Stump the Boot? Stump the Boot? (laughs) (laughs) George is Stump the Boot. Okay, let's get to this women's match here. All right. So here we have three of the best goddesses out there. The courageous Christina Marie, the gifted again, Gabby Ortiz, and the vivacious vicious Vicky, the current champion. In a Memphis triple threat match, um, back at Fury's intentions, Gabby Ortiz and Christina Marie were in a number one contendership match. And it ended in a double pinfall. So Eskin Anderson decided to make make a triple threat for Mount Olympus. Whoever whoever was the champion after the previous goddesses event, which happens to still be Vision Vicky, so now it's a triple threat match. Uh, Christina Marie still on a hot streak after defeating Holiday in a steel cage match uh, back at the second goddesses event. And this is Vicky um, gain, gaining the championship back at Fury's intentions with them. Beautiful 450, in my opinion, over Notorious Meeting. And Gabby Ortiz, still on a, still on a hot streak, still killing it. it. It's tough. It's tough. But uh, me, personally, I think I'm going to see Vicious Vicky retaining the title over these, uh, over, over uh, Christina Marie and Gabby Ortiz. But somehow Vicious Vicky kind of like sneak, doing like a little sneak. Like, a little, like, like stealing the victory from one of the, from one of the other two. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to piss off Christina Marie, so I'm gonna pick her. She's a short little firewall. Was <laughs> <laughs> that was that on um um on David Zubin show? I don't want to piss someone yeah. off, so I was just joking there. <laughs> we were. I, I can tell you a short story about Christina real quick. So we're doing a show up at um uh, what was it? The school show that Breaker Morant ran. Oh yeah, LAW. And, no, 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 not LAW. Um. Yeah, so Brazier was running this show up in Philly when his kids went to school, and Christina's in the back. And I'm like, ooh, these wings smell good. She grabs the back of my head, tries to smash my face into the wings. It was funny. Oh, really? <laughs> I never heard that story before. Now I know what to do now. Smash George's boot into the yes. wings? Yes. <laughs> so what, 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 about you, what about you, Dave? Oh. What do you think about this women's match? Well, honestly, it's a been on quite the roll, but I mean, she's got two very hungry challengers there. Uh, I mean, Gabby Ortiz has already tasted defeat to Vicious Vicky at the last Goddess event, uh, basically almost like a tune-up. So, I mean, I mean, I always feel like Gabby, like now she knows what it feels like to lose to, to the champion. So we basically like her getting a free match in there before the big triple threat match. So, I mean, once she, once she tastes defeat, you know, she, she, she's got time to Regroup and certainly might come into this match with a with, with a much more aggressive mindset because obviously in this sport you you don't want to lose everybody wants to become that champion. Christina uh, Marie, I mean, we as Ryan talked about that heroic effort, that victory over Holiday. Even you know you know as skillful as she is, there was a little bit of luck involved. Holiday got a little bit antsy and did that big boot right to the chest. Sending Christina Marie to the outside, and she did win. You know, you know, the rules say she landed on the ground first. She wins. 
hey, bottom line, like she'll take it. A win's a win, especially over Holiday. But then we saw this very aggressive Christina Marie against Layla Hirsch. Now, Layla Hirsch suffered an injury earlier in that match. I believe her shoulder popped out. And mm. apparently when they tried to take her to, to the back, she basically, from what I heard, it sounds like, I mean, or sorry, I mean, nothing official, but from what I heard, it sounds like he either popped her shoulder back in or she made it like, I'm finishing this match. And she went out there and finished the match. So Christina Marie, you know, she was already being very aggressive with the official. And then, I mean, Christina Marie, I mean, she knew she had to do, and it was a dirty finish in the ropes. Um, there was a little bit of controversy there, a little bit of confusion. And Christina Marie made sure she did what she had to do to defeat Layla Hirsch, who clearly is an animal as well because we saw her the very next week on AEW uh, challenging for the NWA World Women's Championship, basically. So, I mean, that girl is a machine as well. But so I showed you how tough this honest division is. So, Christina Marie, the mindset is win it all costs now, you know? That's a lucky victory over Holiday. She does a dirty ending there to beat Layla. So it tells me that a woman like Courageous Christina Marie, she will do anything to win that title. And, and who knows what, what's going to happen. And she doesn't even have to beat Mrs. Vicky. She could beat Gabby Ortiz and still win that goddess championship. Don't remember, the disadvantage, the, the, the champion doesn't have the advantage in a triple threat like they do in a one-on-one match where they can get the easy out by disqualification or a contest sometimes. In a triple threat match, there's, there's no DQs, and, yeah, you can you can win the title by pinning the other challenger. So, unpredictability personified. And as goes with Gabby Ortiz, she could beat Christina Marie and still win the title as well. But, I mean, you know, you know I am a big fan of the perseverance of, of the vivacious, vicious Vicky. I think Gabby Ortiz brings that positive energy to the match. But, yeah, if I had to pick a winner, she's been focused. And I think her time is now. Courageous Vicky Marie could um, end um, vicious Vicky's reign as champion here at um, Mount Olympus, in my professional opinion. That's true. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, what do you think? I agree. Answer? And I agree with that as well. Sorry, as well as Joe, I two cents in as well. <laughs> uh, I got some two cents for you. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> What's next? Oh, yeah, <laughs> so the next one we're going to talk about is the TCW middleweight championship match. Nico Ricos, who is the champion, will take on Matt McIntosh. Oh, I haven't seen Matt in a while. Oof. Well, I'm going to say first and foremost, Ryan should definitely start this one. You work with Russell Pro exclusively on the bat in TCW. You know Matt McIntosh and Nikos Nikos extremely well. And I've known them for years as well. We both know this is going to be one hell of a match. But I actually want to hear what Ryan has to say because he's worked with them most recently for so long. Hey, yeah. what kind of a professional wrestling match are we going to see here at Mount Olympic? Go ahead, uh, I, think oh, I think we're going to get like a mix of the, like, the high-flying and technical with uh, these two gentlemen. I mean, you have Nikos Rikos, the current middleweight champion, and then you have Matt McIntosh, who is, I think it's his debut in Titan, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. But he's also won numerous titles. He's currently the Wrestle Pro Silver Champion. And he, and, uh, you know, he actually, McIntosh is coming off uh, quite, a, quite a stellar uh, couple of months. Uh, fighting, in, fighting in Alaska against the Iceberg Dion Ruzman. 
in a very valiant effort to be to be very close to become the you know, the interim Wrestle Pro Bowl champion. So he has. I feel like you know with Macintosh, he he's looking to come to Titan to gain another belt on his on his waist. But Nico Rico's has been very valiant, very dominant um, since winning the middleweight title, uh, defeating the likes of Rick Recon, and I believe uh, Johnny Yeager. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, yeah, I think so. But if, if I if I had to pick between these two, quote unquote Titans, I say because it is Titan, it is Titan Championship wrestling as So everybody's a Titan. Um, if I had to pick between these two, like like instantly, I would have to go with uh, Nico Nico's retaining the title. Ooh, not bad, not bad. I mean, Matt McIntosh has come a long way too, so. Absolutely, 100%. I've known him for, I think, like 10 years, I think, on the indie uh, scene. Yeah. What about you, Dave? Yeah, there's one thing I've, there's one thing I, I've learned. I, too, I've known Matt McIntosh for probably close to 10 years. I've watched his rise and his grind on the independent scene. And, I mean, his, his ability just gets better and better every year. He, you know, whether he has, whether he has the Apple gimmick, now he doesn't even need that. He just needs to be Matt McIntosh. He doesn't need to be a bad Apple or any of that stuff. He's just a bad Mamba Jumbo, and I mean, this guy, this guy is solid. As is Nicholas Ricos. I think these two know each other extremely well. They've trained together, and um, these guys, I mean, they come from the same, you know, you know, like they come from similar paths in wrestling, and I think it's going to be a very stellar effort. And um, it's pretty close. Uh, I mean. If Nicholas Ricos, uh, I mean, rather, if Matt McIntosh were to walk out of Mount Olympus, the brand-new middleweight champion, I don't think anybody should be surprised. I don't think anybody should call that an upset. Um, if Matt McIntosh is in any professional wrestling match nowadays, whether it was in the Independence, whether it was WWE, AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor, I think Matt McIntosh should always be in the uh, conversation for getting the win. So, and once again, it's one of those matches where I think the fans that are paying their hard-earned dollars to see great professional wrestling, they're the true winners here because you're going to see two professionals that are going to give you smash mouth wrestling. Like we talked about earlier, you're going to get a good mix of, of you know, smash mouth wrestling, Speed. You're going to get that high flying, but you're also going to get that great technical prowess as well from both these gentlemen who know their way around the square circle. They're not rookies. They've been around the Indies. They know how to survive and thrive under pressure. So I think we're going to see one heck of a season finale at TCW Mount Olympus, and this match could be one of those just show-stealing efforts where the middleweight championship, people will go home talking about that as much as everybody's going to be talking about whoever wins the TCW heavyweight title in uh, Mount Olympus Rumble later on that night as well. Yeah. That's... All right. We want to the next one? Yeah, the spotlight match. So, OPW spotlight match. Shooter, Shooter Weight Yoya versus the baddest Black Street Janiyah Kai. Thoughts on that one? Uh, Dave, you go first on this one, my man. Yeah, I'm going to go first on this one because I bought... I'm, I'm never going to bullshit anybody. We're all thinking this is the same thing. None of us really know that much about either person. But in this case, I think it's about the uh, on-point wrestling showcase. Once again, another wrestling promotion that TCW has opened the door to to showcase two of their spotlight stars. 
I know nothing about either one of these competitors. I do know that one is a guy, one is a girl. So there you go. We're having an intergender match on the card. Um, and uh, the female, I looked at her Facebook profile. She seems to have a very deep martial arts background. So I'm excited about that right off the bat. Uh, knowing nothing about either star, hey, if, if Unclean Wrestling backs them up and, and they're the ones that uh, have that uh, that Billy and Charlie and Anthony have agreed to put on the show. You got to trust the power of that thing. And I think it's really good that you know we're opening the door to on point wrestling now. We've already uh, we already have a great relationship with standalone wrestling. We have a great relationship with um, Synergy Pro Wrestling. Um, all the promotions around the area, everybody has really grouped uh, grouped together. I mean, Russell Pro. We have a lot of talent from Russell Pro on this show alone. If you look at the poster and you break down the matches and he's in the rumble and stuff. I mean, it just goes to show that the best independent uh, talent in the area want to come and showcase their skill set on the TCW platform. So I think as far as it goes, not knowing anything about either competitor, I'm excited to see the door being opened to another promotion, working with TCW. I think the dream is, and it's, you know, given there's always going to be that competition because every promotion wants to make money, and it's going to be impossible for promotions to not always run on the same day. Sometimes things are going to happen. There's going to be conventions in town, God willing, to get conventions again. And, you know, town's going to want to go workplaces, and we're going to have lots of different shows on the same day. But this is just another step towards independent wrestling unity. And, you know, I've, I I know the owner of On Point Wrestling for a long time, good dude, and I'm looking forward to seeing this match. And like I said, if TCW is going to be that, uh, that, that platform to showcase fresh up-and-coming talent, you know, these On Point Wrestling wrestlers, you know, they may only be familiar with their home fed. Now they get to try and showcase their skill set in foreign territory, have you, in a, in a different territory, brother. And it's, I think it's really good because the best thing you can do in this business is get uncomfortable. You can work for the same promotion for 20 years, and you can be comfortable with the same 100 fans and the same, you know, 30 wrestlers in the locker room, and that's a great career, and you should be proud of that. But I think truly true greatness is formed when you go somewhere where you don't know anybody, where you know there's a good chance they're going to, like, you know, treat you like a young boy or young girl, and, they're, you know, and you may fail. You know, you got to be afraid not to fail. So I give credit to these two young upstarts from On Point Wrestling coming to Titan Championship Wrestling, because whether they admit it or not, there's probably some butterflies going through their stomach, too, because, honestly, I don't know either one of them, but, hey, you know, I know that they have a good look on the posters, and... I'm excited to see what they can do. You know, they're going to get their time to showcase it in the ring. And it should be interesting to see how the fans uh, react to, you know, maybe two wrestlers that they're not so familiar with because, hey, everybody's got to be new at some point, sometime, somewhere. Sounds good. Yeah, I agree. I don't know who these two are, and I would like to see what they can do. Yeah, never heard of either Absolutely. one of them. And I know, I agree, Ryan, 100%. You want to move? I'm sorry. Go ahead. You want to move on to the standalone cruiserweight championship match? If there's a guilt involved, you better go on to that one. I want to talk about. I want to say guilt. Here's the drinking game. Every time we say the word guilt, you got to take a shot. You guys are going to pass out in a minute. Good. I popped everybody. Okay. I was my job is completed in life. Thank you. So, but Anthony, yeah, no, let's talk about it. It's going to be good. Anthony, Anthony Bennett, Bennett, who's a guy who who 
was in the first CWC in WWE with NXT. Anthony Bennett was in the Cruiserweight Challenge. Oh, was he? Yeah. Okay. Uh, he didn't go far, but he's still probably one of my favorite indie cruiserweights there is. Okay. 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 Uh, I know who trained him. One of the best trainers in the world. Okay. And he's come a long way since that training camp. Okay. So let's talk about the Cruiserweight Championship match with Anthony Bennett and the Dilf Boy. Great. <laughs> yeah. Somebody give me a shot. Oh, gosh. Are we drunk already? Not yet. Okay. Yeah. You know, I'm going to let me start this one off. I got to say, we laugh about Dilf Boy Dotano. Is that dude strange? Yes. I, I've hung out with that dude outside of wrestling, and he's one of the strangest people I've ever met. But likewise, people have said that about me as well. I, I, mean, uh, I can agree with that. I'm a, strange dude. I'm a strange dude, too. But I also think that there is a certain element of strange that you have to be to be in this business of professional wrestling, and there's a lot of eclectic personalities. But I also saw, I saw the breaking out of a potential independent star at, um, at the last event. Um, when I, at the, at, uh, specifically at the Val Pals Go To War event, I saw a breakout in Gilfoy Daltano. Um, every role that that he partook in, he I think he stood out. Yes. I think he excelled at expectations. Uh, whether he was the life the lifeguard uh, um, or whatnot. Um, or he was, you know, the foundation of wrestling, one of the founding members alongside Jay Curcio and Lance, as well as um, Kurt Bale. I, I thought he really excelled. And he grabbed the microphone, and you know what? I mean, his promo was pretty easy. damn good. Yeah. Pretty damn good. Pretty good, damn good promos he was putting down that really was compelling. And um, I think. I think for the reputation of being strange, and sometimes he just likes to go on Facebook, be like a Facebook tough guy. I have noticed that he's taking, people have told him, dude, instead of just being a Facebook tough guy, go to the gym, work your craft. You know, not everybody likes him, but not everybody likes me either. Sometimes there's power in not giving a fuck if other people like you or not. Sometimes well, you're just just drop going the there. Yeah, sometimes I did. If I, you can beat me out, so I, you know. But, you know sometimes, sometimes there's power in not giving a crap, and I think that's, I think that's the route he's taken, um, you know. And believe me, I'm not the biggest Dill fan, but I do appreciate somebody that, is, that has taken a lot of criticism and they turned a negative into a positive for themselves and actually turned into a very entertaining um, professional wrestler. Uh, we're going back to strength in numbers. We talked about Jared Silverclay trust fund approved army but now we have the foundation of wrestling and mm-hmm. who's a wrestler anthony bennett's about a wrestler and i think everybody would agree to that including Gil floyd Altano, as far as two more professional wrestling prowess goes like you mentioned cruiserweight class participant it doesn't matter how far anthony bennett made it into the cruiserweight classic he was there he was in the wwe he was in a wwe ring he participated in the cruiserweight classic and he made his name known on a global level, not just a local independent level. And right. you know what? as far and and he's one of those staples of the world famous Monster Factory. Yes, he is. Like one of Danny Cage's boys. Mm-hmm. And and if he's Danny Cage approved, then that says a lot by me because Danny Cage knows talent. Danny Danny Cage has a track record of proven talent making it at the biggest level that industry has to offer. And to have Anthony Bennett with 
ECW and standalone wrestling is just a blessing um, for the local area, for the wrestling fans, and as well as the talent that gets to work them. Because I think whoever Anthony Bennett works in the ring, both men will benefit. In this case, Anthony Bennett has to be the odds-on favorite athletically. But as far as an overall match, I think you can't count out Gilfoy Dalcano because we don't know the one unpredictable X factor. Will the foundation of wrestling be there? If so, who will be there? Will it be Jay Curcio? Will it be Kurt Sale? Will it be Lance? Will it be all three? Will it be two of the three? Will it be one of the three? You just don't know. And there is something to be said about strength in numbers. And it's really four guys that the when you put together four guys that individually people frown upon and maybe haven't given a shit about, and then you put those four guys together all with that one common friend of basically, you know, saying, screw all the haters, screw the criticism, and you put those four together to form a faction known as the Foundation of Wrestling, um, I think there is something powerful about that where we have all these guys that have suffered some negativity in the business, now channeling that negativity as a team for the positive good of the team, and I'm going to go out on a limb here. I don't know how. But my gut tells me somehow this little mealy mouse son of a bitch, Dalcano, has a standing fighting chance. And I love Anthony Bennett, but he's got to be prepared. Somehow the Foundation of Wrestling is going to figure it out. And don't be surprised if Dalcano pulls off some kind of a freaking miracle upset, something similar to when the United States beat the Russians in the 1980 Olympics for hockey. I think it would be an upset of that epic proportion. So don't think I'm disrespecting Anthony Bennett. But if I were picking a winner based on what I've seen, the foundation of wrestling is real, and they're here to stay, and Dilfoy Dalcano, keep an eye on him as being the upset victor in that match. Did you just bring Miracle into I I thought he was turning heel there for a minute. (laughs) No, no. I was comparing the upset as some of the biggest upsets in their history. You could also compare it to when Buster Douglas knocked out Mike Tyson in the 10th round in Tokyo back in 1990. I mean, there's some upsets in sports that people don't forget. I, I cried when Mike Tyson got beat. I'm the biggest Mike Tyson fan, and I still say that somebody must have drugged Mike, or Mike must have had some real good high price hookers the night before that drained his main van or something. Because, I mean, I'm telling you, how the hell does Buster Douglas, Douglas knock Mike Tyson at the 10th round unless there was some uh, little Tokyo action going on there the night before? Wild times that nobody ever talked about. Yeah, because Buster Douglas dropped that title a couple months later and nobody ever heard of that dude ever again. It's like he's doing that moment at the end of Dodgeball where he's talking about, I've even seen a grown man pleasure. Watch the mic. Sorry. Where the, like that moment in Dodgeball. I got you. I he got just you. did that whole moment. What about Holyfield's ear? That was an upset. Right. Hogan Piper, 82. <laughs> Okay, what do you think, Ryan? <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, it was funny. I got to I gotta agree with uh, Dave on this one because this, because uh, Bill Floyd, Drink, uh, has been, <laughs> <laughs> like, he, like he said, uh, at Val's house, he, you know, pretty much came out of his shell. He was, a, he was, you know, the lifeguard. Uh, he was also in a. He was. He also made a triple threat hardcore, a triple threat street fight into a fatal four way street fight for the pro wrestling at the dark title. 
And he just, he, from what I saw, he took a beating in that match. I'll tell you that. I mean, but, he came out, what, four times in one night? He, yeah, I think, I think it was three or four times. He surpassed the Mick Foley. Oh, shit. <laughs> in one but, night. But, uh, <laughs> like, but like, um, like they would say, you know, you never know with, uh, with uh, Zoltano because he has, you know, the foundational wrestling. It could be, you know, it could be all four of them there. It could be three of them. It could be him and Kurt, him and Jay, whoever it is. If you think about it, Anthony Bennett, the current champion, is going into technically a handicap match, quote-unquote, with a handicap, because he's not going to be fighting just Zoltano. He just has to, he will have to worry about with Zoltano and whoever is at ringside with Zoltano. So it's kind of like a handicap, um, unfortunately, disadvantage for Bennett. And not knocking down Bennett at all, you know, being a part of the first Cruiserweight Classic, uh, being selected out of thousands and thousands of other people to be shown on that major platform globally. Yeah. And also being a a student at the world famous Monster Factory, hashtag Denny Case approved. That that should be his new hashtag. Yeah. Um but you know but it, it's this one in my opinion is gonna be definitely we were saying this a lot tonight, the one that the fans are gonna win, the fans are gonna win. But I'm I'm going with Dave at uh, possibly Golf Hall becoming the new Cruiserweight champion. Can I also interject for a moment as well? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, as I'm thinking about it and you're talking about that, I am talking about the numbers game from the Foundation of Wrestling. But we also, I don't want to make it seem, seem like I'm disrespecting Anthony Bennett because I'm boys with him even outside of wrestling. Me and him have formed a cool bond where we have mutual respect for each other. If you go back to Fury, uh, Intentions, Jackson, the numbers game was also against uh, Anthony Bennett where we introduced the SWF Cruiserweight title, the standalone wrestling federation Cruiserweight title as a theme, <laughs> and... And Anthony Bennett did defend that against Kurt Bale. And if you do remember, there was a numbers game as Dalcano and and Lance also did try and interfere that whole match. And yet, when the duck settled, Anthony Bennett overcame the foundation of wrestling numbers game and he defeated Kurt Bale. And as we're speaking right now, he is still the reigning standalone wrestling federation SWF, have you? Cruiserweight champion, so there's something to be said about that as well. But maybe this time the Foundation of Wrestling will find a way. That's true. Right. So moving on, you were talking about strength in numbers. Numbers. Okay. Strength in numbers. numbers. So the next match I want to talk about is the tag team match. BX Strong versus probably one of my favorite tag teams in the independence today. Primal Fear. Dave, take it away, my man. <laughs> well, this is a match that was supposed to happen many months ago at a Titan event. So COVID-19 kicked in. Everything got shut down. The world got shut down. We had to keep everyone's health and safety intact. So this match is now happening. And right off the bat, BX Strong, I mean, we've seen them around our, you know, around uh, the, but it wasn't under the ECW banner. So now with BX Strong, they've had time to mentally prepare for this. I think they're looking to make an immediate impact, but Primal Fear is, they're warmed up. They're a, they're a fine 
fine-tuned machine. They've had some good wars uh, going on with Benjamin King's uh, crew, the Division, and um, Primal Fear. I mean, I think I think they have the advantage just on their warmed up alone. Like you know, you know, if they were a car, their car has been in idle, the engine's tuned up, ready to go. And it's not saying BX Strong isn't. I just think BX Strong, as good of a tag team as they are, they, they just haven't had that opportunity yet to showcase themselves on the TCW platform under pressure. And I know this team, and I know they're going to be good under pressure. I just think from an unpredictability standpoint under the TCW banner, where things seem to change. I mean, you know, wrestlers may have worked other places, here at Championship Wrestling, as both you, Dave, and Ryan, I believe, can attest to, things are different. Really, really in terms of SP Anderson, the general manager, is running it. It's just a higher level now of competition, and I think BX Strong better be prepared because from fear, these guys are, you know, these guys are ready to rock and roll. We got we got Matthew Olmsen, we got Soriano, we got Gabriel. These guys are ready. These guys, if, if there is ever a tag team title introduced at TCW, I guarantee you Primal Fear will be the first one salivating, first in line, asking, pleading to earn themselves an opportunity at it. So right off the bat, I'm not going to bet against uh, Primal Fear. I've had, I've had an opportunity to interview these guys. They're very intense. They're very intimidating. And they're a very good, cohesive unit. So it should be interesting to see how BX Strong uh, handles the pressure of a team that has a couple months of TCW experience under their belt, as well as on their resume, that Future of Honor and Ring of Honor uh, status. So I think they definitely need, need to step up their game, and uh, they better come prepared, because I guarantee you boys, that time will fear, they're going to be ready to dish uh, out from the pain. I've actually done matches with Primal Fear, and the cohesive unit between the three of them is just off the charts. They're probably yeah. one of the the best three I've seen so far in the independents. And we did do That's an interview good. with them on the Twenty Three Hundred Wrestling yes, Podcast. <laughs> Ryan, uh, I I agree with Dave. Uh, you know, very strong. They are a good. You know, they're a good cohesive unit. Uh, they're a good tag team, but, you know, Primal Fear, kinda, I would say, in my opinion, has kind of like the home field advantage because they've been at TCW longer. They know how, yep. they know how, uh, you know, it plays out. And, you know, not disrespecting not DX Strong, they're a good team, but uh, Primal Fear possibly having that home field advantage and also possibly having a little bit of fire and, you know, a little bit of extra fire after unfortunately losing to the division back at Fury's intentions. So they might have a little built of aggression and they might just take it out on BX Strong. And Dave, as you said, all three of them, incredible chemistry between the three of them uh, of uh, Primal Fear. I've, I'm actually, I think they're like one of my favorite tag teams on the indie scenes right now that I've ever seen. With so much chemistry, so much, you know, charisma, and so much, uh, you know, uh, I would say, uh, I'm trying to find the right way to describe it other than what you, what Dave, uh, what both Dave said. So I'm going, my opinion is I'm going with uh, Carmel Fear 
And like David Adams said, if there was ever a taking title introduced, then you know definitely see Primal Fear probably scratching the floor and, and trying to break the handle of that door to get to become the first ever taking champion. Brother, I agree with that. <laughs> I completely agree with that. Okay, let's go to the last last match: the Mount Olympus. Battle for the, Royal. For the TCW Heavyweight Championship. Featuring Manu Alpha Jr. And everybody else. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> Monster Max in there, too. Simple. This is going to be a like a Battle Royal where everybody starts bringing things on. This is Rumble style. We're going to start with two competitors. And in fact, they changed the copy mechanism. I have been told every guy in Texas will enter the mix. And then after all the competitors have entered the Rumble, last man standing, I mean, to the victor goes the spoils, gentlemen. Nearly a year in the making. November 14th, Willis Jones Memorial First Aid Park, Ocean Gate, New Jersey, PCW Mount Olympus. At the end of the night when the dust settles, we will have a definitive first ever inaugural ECW heavyweight champion and in this kind of a match I don't think anybody has advantage I mean even the last entrant entering maybe but I mean it's it's tough to say because there's so much unpredictability in, in this type of environment where you don't need to be pinned you don't need to be submitted there's no disqualification there's no count out Anybody can sneak up on you. They throw your ass over the top rope. Both your feet touch the grassy knolls of Ocean Gate. And you're eliminated. Simple as that. That's right. I'll throw that JFK reference all the time. Yes, yes. I'm going to hang out on the other side then. Yeah, I don't want to be near I haven't seen Oost in a while. I'm a junior. I have a strong relationship with the Savalin family. I work. I've worked before COVID. I've worked for many years for Samu and WXWC4 out in Allentown. And the Samoans have become part of my family. I love them. I haven't seen Optic Jr. since we did a benefit um, for Samu. That'll be over a year and a half now. Um, And that's the last time I saw him. And it's definitely going to be good to see him again. Him being one one of the surprise entrants, not a surprise anymore because they have revealed all these said surprise entrants. But, I mean, right off the bat, he's making his TCW debut. It's in the Rumble, and it's for the title. I mean, Samoa Dynasty will live on forever, and there is a really good chance now. I mean, everybody's been talking about Titan Killer, Titan Killer, Titan Killer. And I think he's still one of the odds-on favorites because Titan Killer is a bad model combo. But you put that experience now and the aggression of, of a Samoan Dynasty legend to have you, and he's still he's legendary status, and he's still active in the business. Alpha Junior, Samoan Storm. I mean, that's got to put him right at the top of the bars. Who would be the favorite to walk out the first ever champion? Hey, I got a I got a sleeper in this one. I'm gonna go with Johnny Moran winning this. I'll go with Alpha, just because of the simple fact of the family. I mean, we had Lance on on our show as well, and Lance talked about it, and. The family between Sione and Appa and Kishi and Rocky and Samu, you know, it's just something about that family. So, my prediction is Appa Jr. Hey, Ryan, what are you thinking, brother? 
I'm I'm thinking going for a sleeper hole here. I'm going with David Adams as the winner. Surprise entrance. You heard it here first. We heard it here. But you heard it here first. I'll break down the fourth wall for a second. I guarantee you, if David Adams was in, was in the Rumble wrestling, there would be a Debbie Kane that would come in and she would knock everybody out, me first. And drag me out and tell me to stay in my lane, stay in an announcer. Don't get me in trouble. Don't don't even let Debbie even hear this if she hears me. Okay, ask me the rubble. For the record, guys, I am not in the rubble. I do not want to wrestle. I want to be good at everything in the wrestling business. Come on, you no, know as soon as no. we're done this, Debbie's in the other room listening, and she's gonna walk around and go, "What?" You're not wrestling in this battle royal. Yeah. <laughs> excuse me, excuse me, other room listening to this. I'll just deny everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, I know nothing. So, who do you think is going to win, Ryan? Besides, no, I'm going with George Palmarino. I have a couple. A couple of all winners off the top of my head. Okay. That I obviously one of them go, one of them has to win, but you know, one of them I have is Johnny Moran. Okay. Bizarre course. And also, uh, Wrecking Ball and Well, that's a good one. That is a good what one. What about that Titan Killer? Titan Killer. I don't want to get in his. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, you know, Titan Killer. You know, he has been dominant in you know trying to make a name for himself in you know CCW, but. I feel like, you know, he, every time he goes out there, he's only fighting at least, like, one or two people, but here you've got 39 other people talking going after you at once. So, I I mean, as, as much as I, you know, respect the trust fund, I'm just saying I respect him, but I don't think Titan Killer is going to become the inaugural TPW heavyweight champion. I just, I told you my two picks. I mean, there's a lot. Oh, sorry, We're also forgetting now, I have looked at this list. I mean, I mean, Johnny Moran. I think the whole state of Pennsylvania. I think, I think, out of nowhere, as many people uh, wrote into the TTW against Johnny Moran as writing ballots were for uh, Mr. Biden out of Pennsylvania for the presidency. <laughs> if you look at if you look at the TTW page where they were asking, do you think you know win in all the rumble? Literally. It was wrestling in Pennsylvania out of nowhere. Johnny Moran, Johnny Moran, Johnny Moran, Johnny Moran. And it's like, wow, I mean, this is, I mean, and Johnny Moran, his moniker is a way of life. He is the dark horse. But, I mean, mm-hmm. he recently, if I'm not mistaken, he picked up a win over Wrecking Ball Ligurski at a recent event. I mean, Correct. I mean that has, that has to constitute that. I mean, you can only be a dark horse for so long. He literally took Sean Donovan to the brink of defeat, and Sean Donovan had to pull every veteran uh, you know, tactic out of the book to pick up the win in that standalone wrestling championship match at Val's Pals go to war. So, I mean, it was like Johnny Marin, really, he showed that he can hang with somebody as established and a dominant veteran such as Sean Donovan. And then he goes and picks up a hard-fought victory. And 
commentary. No disrespect to Johnny Moran. I called it on commentary. I love Johnny Moran, and I've known Johnny for close to 10 years. We've worked shows together out in Pennsylvania in front of 20 fans before. We go back a long way, and I've known him since he was a tag team specialist, and he's broken out into a single star. And you know what? It shouldn't be, you know, it shouldn't be a surprise if Johnny Moran could find a way to keep down deep. But we also are forgetting about, I mean, also, there is there's a lot of people you, you, you could consider an odds on favorite. Um, one above all, Anthony Gangone. He's in the, as soon as I saw his name announced for the Matt Olympus Rumble, Anthony Gangone has been a champion everywhere he's been. Yes. I, I've worked with him when he was associated with House of Glory. He the House of Glory World Championship for over a year. I mean, him and Amazing Red had such a great rivalry, and I watched those guys really tear the house down um, in a match that where they had the exposed ring, there were no ropes. These guys, these guys literally laid all the line. So Anthony Gangone knows how to perform at top level when the, when the spotlight is brightest and when the reward is most rewarding, the TCW Heavyweight title. Um, but now we also have, can't forget about, a 23-year veteran in Steve Monstermack. And this is, we've seen many faces of Steve Monstermack. We've seen that respectable veteran, the guy that went into that uh, Cage of Horrors match against ECW icon Pitbull Gary Wolf with good intention. He said, I want to respect you, but I want to beat you. And he, and then, excuse me, who minute, he's ready for that cage match. And he said, and he, and he said it straight to the camera, and he said it straight to me, and to the fans watching at home, that he's on his way up, and Pitbull Gary Wolf's on his way down. And coming up next, after this, it's the Titans title. So, Steve Montanac went on. He defeated Pitbull Gary Wolf. They embraced each other with a handshake and a hug. But we didn't get that brother-brother ending as, uh, basically, uh, Steve Montanac showed his two colors and he kicked Pitbull Gary Wolf right in the dick. I mean, I mean, okay. <laughs> he kicked him in the dick. He basically said, screw you, screw your ECW legacy. I'm Steve Monster Mac. There's no passing of the torch bullshit. I'm 23 years in. I'm not done. I'm just getting started. And when he said, the end, and I've watched that interview back a couple times at the end there. But look in his eyes when he said, and coming up next, Dave, the Titan title. We are less than a week away. Steve Monster Max. He got third in the Road to Mount Olympus Battle Royal. And if you remember, it was a difference maker, Ilya Barat. He eliminated Ilya Barat. Ilya Barat, he did make a difference. Got back up on the apron, already eliminated, and he eliminated Steve Monster Max. Now, Steve Monster Max got third. It was a hell of an accomplishment. But if somebody that was already eliminated from the Battle Royal wouldn't have eliminated him, he may have had a chance against Peyton Schiller and the big deal Craig Steele. And who knows? We could be saying that Steve Monster Mack has all the momentum because he would have won that battle royal. Now, I think he's got a little bit of aggression and hostility there because he knows what it's like to be at the very end of a match formatted where over-the-top rope both feet touch the floor is the elimination. Now, with this rumble, it's all about the luck of the draw. And, and if he does, for some reason, get an early draw, you know, Steve Montanac's got to have that, uh, he's got to have that endurance and that cardio to be expecting to go an hour plus in a match. Like, you just don't know with the unpredictability of how the numbers are going to be picked. But, I mean, 
Steve Munson Mack, you know, this guy has proven to be a tag team specialist with Hit Squad, him and Danny Moss, showed it up and down on the East Coast. Now, with this singles run, and he told me he is not he's nowhere ready to be retired. He doesn't want to just be a, a tag team guy. He wants to be full-blown single star. And I think that if Steve Munson Mack um, can win the TCW heavyweight title, you know, the inaugural title in this Mount Olympus Rumble, that'll really cement a legacy that will uh, follow him for years to come here in professional wrestling, not just independent, but across, but across the globe. As we have a lot of fans that have been watching this product on Mob by TV from across the pond in England, Ireland, Germany, people know the brand TCW outside of the United States. And I think that has a lot to the testament of his talent as well as the promotion as a whole. That's, you know, I got to say one thing. You know how we have the rated R superstar? I think we have the rated R announcer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I, I, I just called it. Titan Championship Wrestling presents Mount Olympus. And Live tickets, from the Jones Memorial Park. Oh, yes. And the tickets are, advanced tickets start at 20 
Titan four pack at sixty five, only online. Twenty five dollars a day of the event. So I believe four rows sold out too. By the way, yes, I believe the first four rows are gone. Yes, I like the stand, so I like the stand section. Or sit at our table. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> so the doors open at 2 p.m. Bell time is at 3 p.m. Um, we're going to well, try to end this show. right now. So, yes, we're, we're waking up early and yeah. we're driving. We're going to do some stuff. we got some ideas. And we're going to try to get you guys on before you work on your stuff. And maybe have some fun. If that's but, cool. On that note. On that note. On that thank- foot. So, we had Dave Adams and Ryan Peterson on, and I am D.B. Richards. Thank you guys for being on the show again. 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 Thank you guys for having us. And May I interrupt for one second? Yeah. Sure thing, Dave. I was speakerphone, and I was going through the phone. We can't forget, some of the, some of the surprise, not so surprise anymore, entrants, we've seen a lot of this talent now recently on AEW Dark. Casey Navarro. Navarro. Yes. We've also got KTB. I've known Kyle for oh, yeah, Kyle 10 years. Mm-hmm. I've been on road trips with this guy to Indiana. He deserves it. Freaking yeah. hard worker. Plus, the one, you know, the the, the Jersey muscle jock, Stephen Gipsy. Mm-hmm. We've seen him multiple times now on AEW programming. Him and Tony instead of. So it's great to have Stephen Gipsy back. And, you know, these guys. These guys can all easily win that. They've they've got that adrenaline rush now. They've tasted televised wrestling. They've tasted global exposure. And now, what would be a better mark for them to put on on their young legacies? What a better way for them to increase their booking rates elsewhere to become the inaugural TCW heavyweight champion? You know that whoever wins this title is going to carry that title everywhere. They're going to take promo pics with it everywhere. So wherever, whoever wins this TTW heavyweight title in this Rumble, they're going to basically be an instant um, advertisement for TTW. It's going to be a billboard, that title alone, on their shoulder, around their waist. Instant billboard, instant uh, respect, instant gratification to, to the winner. They're thankful that they have the opportunity, and in return, by then wearing that TCW title everywhere, they're showcasing our brand and basically showing up. Maybe someone's like, what's TCW? And boom, you got a new fan of our platform, maybe another performer, like, who's that? Maybe they'll send a message to Billy or Charlie or Anthony. Hey, I'd like an opportunity. Maybe that'll bring a new talent. So it'll keep people talking about TCW. So I think these young upstarts that just got a taste at AEW we can't forget about them. I think it's a great opportunity. And not to mention, I don't know how we haven't had them on before. It's KTB's TCW debut. Another gentleman, what a way to debut. You come into a company, brand new here. Everybody knows you, but nobody knows you in TCW. You walk out with that TCW heavyweight title. How you doing? He'll make it be like, hey, easy as that. I'm the top guy. And just like right. that. And I think, I think it adds an extra level because maybe people that weren't familiar with TCW but are fans of KTB and the promotions he works for outside of TCW, they'll come out to TCW just to see him or somebody, you know, somebody that's just familiar with KT Navarro outside of TCW or Stephen Gibson. So I hope that brings in different wrestling fans. I want as many different eyes on the product as possible because it's easy to go out there and say, oh, you know what, you know, 
these fans love it. We've been performing for the same 100, 150 fans all summer long. And it's easy for everybody to say, oh, you guys are so great. But I want those eyes out there that don't know us. I want those eyes that maybe are like, I don't know who these jabronis are. I want them coming to TCW. I want them coming there with maybe a, even a fraction of a shadow of a doubt about our product. And then performance says all. You know, when you when you leave a TCW event, I mean, when when, when Ryan and myself, I'm going to speak for myself, but Ryan can, can, can attest to this, we're calling that match not only as professionals, but our true, true love of wrestling, you know, our our fanboy have you comes out, and you can tell in our in our commentary that we really give a shit about what's going on, and we get to see all these eclectic personalities shine in the squared circle. So they bring in new talent, they do it in front of fresh eyes, and, you know, the possibility of criticism is always there. Because I, I always go into every event thinking, that, you know, that we're going to get the, we're gonna get criticized because we're trying something different. But every show, the results are always the same. The reviews are in. People are like, this product is awesome. This product is for real. And this product is giving uh, the Northeast something they haven't seen in a while. It's, you know, it's very reminiscent of a company that uh, was it, that, that, that existed before WrestlePro, Pro Wrestling Syndicate. Well, yeah. The point that the Pro Wrestling Syndicate was that people were coming, they, they were coming to see the homegrown talent, and then the brand name stars were just an added attraction. A lot of independent companies, nobody knows the independent stars, they, they stock up on TV talent, and they do a good draw, but most of them come to see the TV talent, a lot of the TV talent wants to be booked before intermission, and then when the TV talent goes home, the fans go home. I, I feel like it's that same kind of bill that PWS had at one time, where now the fans are coming to see that core TCW talent. Not necessarily all homegrown TCW talent, but it's TCW talent that may have you know, gained that exposure and that experience from other independent factions around the area. But we've all come together, and especially during a time of COVID-19, and 2020 has been such a dumpster fire that we've been able to find a positive light in the form of professional wrestling and family. Now, even professional wrestling, you know, our family isn't always the perfect family. I think I, I think the pro wrestling family has fractures in it like any family has. But mm-hmm. I think that's what makes, I think that's a good thing. I think when everybody gets along all the time and everything's happy to go left, that's kind of weird. I think it's good to have a little bit of friction because I think competition creates great controversy. You know, okay, cool. Eric Bischoff controversy creates cash. cash. You know, people are gonna pay. People are gonna pay if you know there's controversy. But that controversy that means that throughout COVID nineteen, throughout all the crazy shit with the elections and everything, and all that people, the, the lifeblood, professional wrestling has kept has given people hope. It's kept their heart beating. It's a healthy, thriving society. You know, and whether everybody gets along or everybody agrees, I don't think everybody should agree with each other. That's what makes us individuals. But when you get to that professional wrestling event, one thing everybody agrees upon is the love for professional wrestling. And that's what TCW has provided. I know me, I'm speaking personally, like, like really has provided such a great thing. Like, I've done maybe, you know, 15 shows this year, but 12 of them were TCW or Goddess related. So without them, there will be no pro wrestling in my life. And I certainly know that they have done a good job of giving the fans what they want. And I've been channel, I've been able to be blessed to channel my ring announcing uh, skills as well as commentary. And you know the the talent loves these backstage interviews, and I think fans really like to get that. You know, you know, little let's flip the curtain back just a little bit and give you a little taste of what these performers are like when they're not beating the crap out of each other. 
So I think that's really good. And I know with 2021, nobody knows what's going to happen. Are we going to have indoor venues opposite? Saying that Keith W is going to come together for one grand finale, one season finale. Let's lay it all on the line and let's see what happens and let the fans go home with that. Oh my God, I'm never going to forget experience. <laughs> Every time I see yeah. you guys, I, I'm always having fun. Always. But you were talking about great talent in New Jersey. I see a lot of great talent in the area and everything. I would love to see new talent in TCW, SWF, everything else. Because I see plenty of great talent coming up now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But on that note. On that note. We've you guys enjoyed, are always welcome. Always welcome. We've enjoyed talking to you guys. Talk about. Anything. Any, um, November 14th, Mount Olympus, TCW Titan Championship Wrestling from... And the weather's supposed to be gorgeous, too, by the way, so that makes it even better. Yeah. Oh, cool. I don't have to bring an umbrella. Cool. Right. Exactly. <laughs> from the Willis Jones Memorial First Aid Park in Ocean Gate, New Jersey, Mount Olympus, featuring former WWE superstar Manu Appa Jr., Hopefully we'll see you there. I know we'll see these two guys there. We'll be there as well. Hey, every th- um, I always say this. Um, you're part of the family, so welcome to the family. And I mean it, too. Yeah, Anytime you need anything. Dave uh, Adams not, has been family money, for a long time. Just, just talk to George about money. I'm just asking for his money. Because I'm not giving him I'm horrible with money. Yeah, we, we suck with money. <laughs> My money went to this podcast stuff. It's crazy. I'm broke now. Yeah. But we thank you guys. See you this Saturday, November 14th. Bell time is 3 p.m. Doors open at 2. See you guys there. And on that note, I'm Dave Keener. I'm D.B. Richards. And we'll see you in the ring. Oh, let's have fun. Catch